Hello, quarantiners, and welcome to Quarantine, a podcast about the new normal with me, your host, Harriet McLean. It's the bloody bank holiday weekend, and I am lavishing self-care all over myself. Good wine, good food, good wine, good food. The person who's on today knows all about good wine, good food, and being some of the best company I know. It's week 1,680 hours, uh, according to my shoddy maths that I did yesterday of lockdown. Um, people are definitely testing the strength of the chains now, giving the rattles to see what gives. And today's guest is someone who I would personally wriggle hardest out of the lockdown handcuffs to go and see. His gorgeous human has been a huge part of my life for the last year, even though he never replies to my messages. Pause for effect. Although we have known each other since 2017, I think, meeting at our internship, another Accenturite, our love affair truly began to flourish when we met in the motherland, India, when Insta showed us that we were both in the same place by some sort of miraculous divine intervention, which I can only see as being put on the right path to success, a bit like kind of the Adjustment Bureau. I will never forget seeing you stride across a footbridge in Rishikesh, looking like you walked straight off the front for Millet's advert in your fleece relay, and then we, me forcing you to go water rafting down the Ganges. We now go on long walks and moan, drink Guinness, flirt with the idea of intellectual conversation, and fondly reminisce about the beauty of India, including when you threw up on the Golden Temple. Of all people I know, I'd have been happily your lockdown girlfriend, even though you didn't ask. Joe, it is my pleasure to welcome you to Quarantine. How's it going? Hello. Yeah, you look good. Thank you for having me. Are you humbled by my doting introduction? I, I, I am very... I, I, I tend to get rather embarrassed by, by these things. And, um, I, I think that probably takes this... <laughs> I also feel like I, I should ask you at this point to be my quarantine girlfriend if, if, if you if have... Too little, too bloody late. I don't see you on one knee. I don't see a ring. I don't even see the offer of food. So I, quite frankly, I think you're taking the piss. Talk to, actually, I'd like to ask about... Let's just go straight on to the topic that we both care deeply about, food. Um, I'd like you to tell the people, I'd like you to admit to where you've just been post-rum hangover on a Saturday morning in London. Uh, well, I, I've been on um, what, I, what I would term a, a crusade um, <laughs> to, to track down the, the last remaining bag of fresh mussels uh, in all of Ballam and Clapham uh, for dinner tonight. Um, Jesus wept. The, 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 the crusade started with, with, you know, disappointment as I went to Waitrose on the, the fishmonger in Waitrose kindly informed me that they had no bags, that everyone had been asking for them, and that they would get their next bags in on Monday morning and I'd better come early if I want to. Good enough. Uh, no good. Um, 24 you know, hours went, later. Um, charging off up to Clapham to uh, the fishmongers up there called Moxons. Um, stood in a queue with what seemed like most of the population of Clapham for about an hour, um, but um, succeeded in acquiring the, their last bag. So Their last bag? Are you... Oh, my God. That is no, blessed. I know, I know. Wow. Wow. The, the, the crusade was a success. More than most crusades. That was a success. Okay. And yeah, now, no, what's, what's it in? Is it in? Is it marinating in a nice white wine sauce? Are you? Is it in a creamy sort of situation? No, Talk to me no, about no, your no, bag no, of no, muscles. They're, in, they're just fresh at the moment, but I'm going to do them in, um, in uh, Thai coconut milk. Um, Jesus. Sort of sauce, which uh, I've done before. is quite, quite good. Talking of, um, talking of uh, recipes and recipe books and interesting cooking, 
Um, before we started, you actually read me an excerpt from a new <laughs> Catalan, Catalanian, Catalonian, Catalonian, definitely, damn it, damn it, um, cookbook that you've bought, uh, which I'd, I'd also quite like for you to share with the the listeners, and not for the squeamish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a bit of a set piece, but um, I... I, I <clears> um, <throat> For the, for the listeners' context, I uh, took delivery of, uh, of a, a, a new, a fairly old, but a new for me uh, book about about Catalan cooking today. And one of the first recipes that I spotted in it, um, and there's no there's no real way around it, though, just to come out and say it, <laughs> is uh, bull testicles with garlic and parsley. That is bull testicles, uh, everybody. B u l l testicles. Bollocks from a bowl. Of cows in technical terms. <laughs> um, and, I mean, if anyone's interested as well in Spanish, that is uh, testicles de toro, um, Ali y Julivert. Um, you, so, you, just, you just butchered what's already an ugly sentence, quite frankly. Yeah, in it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm not, I'm not making it any better here, but I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're skirting around the real issue here, which um, is... is you know the 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 appetising prospects of bull's testicles with garlic and parsley. Can you tell me how you cook a bull testicle, please? I can, Harriet. But if I ever all, stumble across think, one, you know the readers might be interested in the sort of bull testicle procurement process, <laughs> um, which obviously comes before the cooking. If we've got any consultants on the line, Corbin <laughs> Andrews, the, uh, the 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 author of this fine tale, has has a bit of advice, and he says. Uh, it will perhaps not surprise you to learn that the testicles of bulls, the, the aforementioned cows, gonads, killed in bull rings, or anywhere else for that matter, are not readily available in Britain. Quell surprise. Quell surprise, indeed. <laughs> Calf testicles, though, can easily be substituted and are available by special order from some butchers. Um, Hi mate, can I have a can I have some bull bollocks with my with my chipolatas, please? Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. Let me. Well, exactly. I'll toss them in the corner. I, I, Sugar coat, for want of a better pun. I'm never looking in your freezer ever. I don't want to stumble across a pair of bollocks next to my next to my sausages and my ice and my gin. And second of all, I'm just I'm, you, so you have to peel back. I'm sort of imagining a satsuma. You have to peel the ball sack off the ball yeah, testicle. That, that, and this is that's what he's suggesting. Oh, de cuisine. I think I should make it clear, given that there will be people listening to this who don't know me, uh, Harriet. And within the first five minutes, all most of what we talked about is bull's testicles, but I have no intention of doing this. Oh, yeah, too little too late. You and your weird moustache, I'm being starting to question, starting to question oh, your intentions, my friend. Yeah, I knew that was going to become part of this, Harriet. You, you couldn't help yourself. 
It's just it's it's literally filling up the entire screen. Um, is there just out of interest? Is there a photo in that cookbook? You know, just of preparation, the final product. That that mercy, uh, you know, we we've been given that small mercy. There's no there's no photos. Such a shame. Such a shame. Well, that is just the most. A rude awakening for anyone listening to this podcast. I humbly apologise for the very banal chat about bollocks. And um, in other news, tell me, um, tell me, my sweet friend. Okay, how's it going? What's it like being in London? I know you're a bit of a homebody a lot of the time, so committing to staying in London has been probably a, quite a big decision for you. You've been a bit of a third wheel. Always welcome. We're usually third wheel together, so we have each other. Whereas I because you didn't invite me just going back around to that i couldn't support you in this third wheeling so just paint a paint a wee picture of your lockdown situation how it's been going you know why you ended up with a mustache on your face etc yeah um so uh home home is uh brighton um and um uh, you know as 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 you said harry I, i love it dearly down there um and the rest of the family is, is down there. My, my um, younger sister came back from uh, university up in the north, and my older sister uh, went back down from, from living in Brixton. Um, and I decided uh, way back in the early days of lockdown to stay. Um, and it wasn't really a sort of conscious decision to sort of tough it out, but I think it was sort of back then, um, you know, we, we didn't know how long this was going to be, and it was all a bit mm. normal. Um, so I'm so I'm in Ballon. Um, I'm I'm living with um, my housemate Tom and uh, his girlfriend Laura. Shout um, out, great people. Yeah, they're they're. I think you know the term here would be friends of the podcast, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're both uh, eccentrites, which means that we have a slightly interesting dynamic where everyone in the flat is working for the same company. Um, Workaholics. And I do sometimes have to veto uh, work talk because mm. I frankly can't. You know, you can't get away from it. Um, but we, we are very lucky in that we're um, we're based in in Ballon. Um, we're we're in a flat that has um, it's it's part of a, a, a pretty big block which has a really big uh, roof terrace which is a godsend. Mm. Uh, we've got lots of lots of green space about you know uh, Clapham and Wandsworth Tooting, um, and you know as most importantly as the mall uh, story shows, um, we've got. You know the essential amenities like Waitrose. Also, Mool, by the way, not to patronise any listeners, but for the sake of understanding just how fate complete Joe's entire personality is, Mool's being muscles for the average Joe. Being <laughs> that's that's what we would like to translate. I do. You know I think I think it's quite. Um, you touched on a really interesting point around the fact that your office is your home, and the people around you are your colleagues, and there's there's literally nothing else to distract you because I know you're not a Zoom fan so I appreciate you sacrificing and overcoming that that small that small hatred for me and so how are you how do you get that balance because that in itself is very that's quite suffocating to have all of those things in the same place for the same person all the time I'm going to open another beer by the uh, way I I think the answer to your question is that I don't find the balance um, Honest. I, I think it's exceedingly hard, um, and you know, one of the one of the bad things of, of lockdown for me has been, you know, not setting intelligent boundaries between between work and, and not work. You know, I've been 
working at silly hours and you know and not um, and not um, not sort of portioning up the day. Mm. Um, but I think I think that our work in particular, given that it can be so changeable um, as we move from different projects and different clients, is probably even more susceptible to it. And, and especially when you're working on things that are that interact with what's going on in the world around, it can be a bit sort of all-consuming because mm-hmm. you know I might I might spend a day working on some sort of impact assessment in in a particular field of, of COVID, um, and then you know you, you you switch the laptop off and you you open a newspaper or something to, to cool down and then you read Same about thing. COVID and it's and I think that, that's that's suffocating. Um, so yeah, I think I think the answer to your question is that I, I don't really mind that. Um, it's okay. So let's if you if you see that and it's not a failure in a bad way because failure has a bad name for itself so it's more of a learning that maybe setting parameters would have been more helpful but you and I love our job in a in a sort of in a bit of a sort of say yes say say is exactly the phrase I was looking for so and we, you know, I, you enjoy being challenged and you like the stimulation, you like the, um, the opportunity to do something useful. So what would, what advice would you give your future self? Here's, there's no point looking back. As both historians, we know it's a learned bollocks. Um, so what, what advice would you give your future self to learn from the lack of chunking? you've done so what are you going to take away that you're like that actually really that was detrimental to my well-being in that time so therefore i'm going to make sure x the answer can be yeah. what an yeah, annoying question really, an interesting question <laughs> um i think that um routine is is a word which um is has maybe a slightly negative connotations in this day and age but it's actually mm. really bloody important um and one of the things that i've been thinking about is you know in the ups and downs of being busy and not being busy with our work, and Harriet, you know this that we're either we're either working at a million miles an hour or you know zero. Sat on a bum. It's like it's like mm-hmm. coming off a project, you run into a concrete wall, and, um, and you crumble. You don't. You just disintegrate. So I think that one of the important things is, no matter what volume of work you objectively have to do, sort of having a routine of, of, of working and not, you know, not not sort of chopping and changing around the place and mm. working late one one night and then early the next morning and, and you know and moving it around so i think that's important um and then i i i don't know you know i think it's such it's it, it's a it's a really interesting it's uh it's complete oh. apologies that was a minor really technical blip Continued. That was a technical blip. My fault. You are back in business, my sweet friend. It's a it's a really interesting question. But I think um, one of the things lockdown has forced us to confront, um, you know, many of the things that we uh, that we you know we don't like about about work that mm. maybe we um, were prepared to, to skim over before. Um, and and you know, I think I think it just brings it all into harsher light. Because uh, the thing is, so there's very, it's very easy to say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I could go and make sure that I implement X, Y, and Z to support my own progress and well-being in this sphere. But it's got to be collective. You don't work alone. You 
yeah. and you don't live alone you know there's the, everything is everything is a balance with the people that you know so living with a couple and living in very close proximity all the time how has your communication with each other changed because i and you are extremely British and we will just, you know, nod, yeah, no, yeah, what fucking pile of bollocks, yeah, no, <laughs> everything's fine. And it's not. Has this period taught you to be more honest in your communication? Has it changed the way you interact with each other? Or am I being idealistic and you're going to tell me to shove my beer bottle where the sun don't shine? roller coasters a weird and discombobulating experience although it's different it does it it rings true of a lot of characteristics of when I travel by myself because it is and this is like not to at all compare because that is almost the exact opposite whereby freedom it there's so much freedom it's almost suffocating because there's so much expectation to do and to be and to strive and all of a sudden you feel caged and confused and un under under achieving in that in that sort of realm of of opportunity that you get so you've done traveling by yourself how do you think that potentially that was a very narrow question that was a bad i'm just gonna i can't edit well enough to get rid of that but what i'm gonna say is your experience of traveling alone were unique and we spoke about them a lot in what way do you think they've impacted you now versus if they'd been if you'd if you'd been in lockdown when you were 18 um i think that uh one of the things that um the traveling that i did um uh sort of prepared me with is a, a, a real sense of perspective Mm. And, and also the, my abiding memory of that time um, 
Yeah, you know, when I saw you in India and when I was admired you for that I think that's a very that's something that I I personally think a lot of people must struggle with like you said because of social media I mean bloody hell look at me I'm making amateur podcasts and thinking I'm the bee's knees um but the I guess the point that I I want to sort of touch on more is the one that you said around being happy just to be so so that that feeling of this is fine what if I was something else that would also be fine um Mm -hmm. and I personally use journaling as a way to to see my fine like I need to read it I need to I need to kind of take it out of my head tattoo it on a page and then be like right okay I get it yeah cool that's that's that makes more sense to me if I can articulate it on a page especially because I don't have enough people to soundboard things off at the moment, then I feel that that is definitely a, a way for me to understand what I'm that being. How are you, how are you, how are you being, how are you just doing the be? Is it, is it something that you find comes quite naturally to you and it's a, just a character thing that you've got or have you worked on it? And therefore what have you done to kind of get to that state of, Celebi. Ah, well, I, so I think um, I think I don't think I've changed what I, how I be. It's a great, it's a great question. Um, but I think I what has changed is that I've realised how the things that I do and the things that I enjoy doing uh, impacts on my mental health and having a much keener awareness of, of what's good and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, in the similar way to my last answers, my my sort of my me being is just really a, a series of quite 
you know, mundane, small activities that I just enjoy, you know, and I don't, I'm, I'm not someone that needs sort of any, I don't need some sort of grand project, I don't need something big to occupy my mind, I'm quite happy taking pleasure in, in small things, so, you know, I just, the things that make me happiest are just spending, you know, talking to me, <laughs> spending a couple of hours in the sun uh, reading, um, you know, cooking something really simple but with, you know, really nice ingredients mm. and, and it being really tasty, um, you know, having a having a nice conversation with my flatmates, you know, we sit around, and just, you know, take the, take the piss out of each other, I'm, that's when I, I those things content me, um, and one of the things that's interesting, the sort of juxtaposition is that everyone is so concerned with these grand um, news stories, I mean, it's the biggest story in the world mm. for a very long time, and, you know, we've got these death counts and these transmission rates and all of these policy debates going on it's all really grand and I find I find all of that really numbing um, and what I find makes me feel um, sort of alive and happy and content is just the sort of the very you know small as I said small just routine actions that I would be doing lockdown or not lockdown mm-hmm. but I've learned to I've learned how much they actually do make me happy which um I suppose is a is a good uh, a very good outcome of, of all of this time yeah. that we've been forced to spend with ourselves. Yeah, it feels like it feels like yeah, Jesus, I'm so bored of me. Um, but it feels like what has come out of that for you is um, building blocks, and you've set a foundation that means that building on top of that is going to be a lot more true and honest and sustainable, whereas potentially. And I would probably class myself in this because I am an extremist in all of the mi- in not <laughs> some sort of rebel, but like, do you know what I mean? That I I do things at one hundred and twenty percent, which means that I build big things and I will have these ideas and this this energy that is so much larger than life. But the foundations are probably a little bit a little bit wobbly. It's like building on quicksand, you know. Whereas it feels like what you've done is you've found what that fundamental baseline is to just work on Joe, be Joe, live Joe, but Joe is this. I'm like, what way? What, like, I'm just so jealous. Lie down and put me on a chaise long and tell me how to do it. Um, I love I love that. I did also know that when I said talking to me was a good thing, you had a sarcastic laugh, but that's fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold you to it. I actually- anything else. <laughs> nope, nope, you keep me young, honey. Um, I do also think that um, I read something really interesting the other day. Um, potentially, um, if, people might find this is something that I had to read and read again and then read, read, read. Um, but it felt so true, which was um, that anxiety is not intuition. And the I was kind of, I read it and I was like, oh, oh, wow. Because there's, the, the feeling of anxiety is that sort of level of stress, which I'm feeling more acutely than ever because of the fact that I haven't got the world to distract me um, as as you would usually sort of dissipate your attention and your your worries and your just lost my phone jesus christ kind of feelings and i feel like people are kind of searching for that that knowledge and that that light and that epiphany moment of that feeling that you've got it whatever it might be and i think lockdown has encouraged people to search for it even though maybe they don't have that those foundations there and that feeling of intuition probably only comes when you 
art, you can't teach intuition, you can't teach wisdom. You can teach intelligence, but there's a difference between intelligence and wisdom. And I think that taking a step back from the mental health side of things, the intellect side of things, and trying to piece them together has been something that I've taken a lot of enjoyment out of, trying to dis like detangle all of those different different membranes that have got not the bull testicle membranes but the other ones like that have got all kind of muddled in together and having the time to do that has been quite powerful kind of fucking stressful as well but powerful um so no i definitely agree and i think that um i think the one of the things that i think you're you thinking about is the sort of foundations and then everything that goes on top of that is really a nice way of thinking about it and one of the things that i've been thinking about um, going forward is how you how you use those founding um, fathers <laughs> to, in, to interact with you know all of the rest of the world when it goes back to normal. So one mm. of my biggest criticisms, I think, of of the world, especially people our age in the world, is just that ambition, which obviously is is no bad thing, and we've all got it, mm. um, but it often drives a cope horses through everything else and it feels like it's the driving force behind everything um and i think that once you once you understand what your sort of foundation is then you're much better placed to say well okay do i you know is it is is, is it a five-year plan for me or actually does it does it really matter what what the what my position is in five years if i'm still doing my my you know core stuff and i'm still taking pleasure from it yeah. It just sort of it grounds you in a, in a sense, um, and and you know, and that and, and it's it's helpful for me because I think that you know, for the first time in my life, actually, um, you know, I don't really have a good idea of what I'm I'm going to be doing in, in five years. Um, mm. Not just because of COVID, but you know, I, I, I growing up, I was always the, the the child that knew what he wanted to do, um, and and had a plan to go about doing it. And now, for the first time, I, I don't really know. And that uncertainty um, is, is sort of counter counterbalanced by, you know, the, the certainty that your life will be okay, or my life will be okay, if I can pick up a book in the sun and I can, you know, mm. throw a piece of fish in the oven and, and, and you know, and have a glass of wine for supper. So. Mm. That, yeah, do you know what? I mean, again, another reason why I wanted to be your quarantine girlfriend, but whatever. Um, I do think sometimes that anxiety can be misconstrued for ambition. Um, there's a sort of intensity and stress that comes around being ambitious. And I don't know whether I sometimes am very good at dis, um, disaggregating the two. Um, and I think that maybe my feeling of what I might think is anxiety versus ambition and vice versa get a bit muddled. And actually, you kind of noting that that the ambition to just do the foundations is enough and those are your those are the key ingredients that are going to be j joe joe forever jb <laughs> justin bieber everyone thinks that is um but but you know what i mean that and that's and that's that's a lovely that's a lovely thing and talking about sort of the things that make people happy um your lovely stepfather owns a record shop which i know he set yeah. up um because that gives him all the joy having done a, a a busy a busy and successful career and he then sort of looked at the record sort of looked to retirement and thought what am I going to do and came came up with this record shop in Brighton and I know that obviously 
that's quite tricky when records themselves are physical and the the beauty of having a record is the the buying of the of the actual physical record the putting it on the 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 player and that whole journey of that 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 thing together so what's happening in david's life to make that record shop still survive because it's such a passion for him another little sort of foundation that he's then you know music's a foundation he's then done something more how is he kind of keeping that alive well the record album is um is a marvelous uh a marvelous little sort of fluke of 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 history i almost think it's a a harebrained scheme by two ex-journalists um to uh, who you know are very passionate about vinyl to take over the oldest record shop in Brighton um, and and make a go of it. Um, and you're you're quite right that um, obviously uh, record shops, as far as I'm aware, have not yet been classed as essential by the government. An outrage. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If we've got if we've got corner shops which sell their kind of. Ten times, ten times more expensive pieces of gum. I'm like, give us record shops, give it exactly. to us. Come on, but exactly. oh, don't trust Boris. Um, and, and you know, so the so the shop is closed. Um, but I guess there's there's two two bits of what's going on at the moment. Is um, one, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of effort going on to to you know reorganise what's in the shop mm-hmm. um, because it's a it's a pretty small space, as you know, Harriet. So um, Sort of space management is uh, is is key, and actually not having customers in having the time to sort of move stuff around is 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 actually really valuable. Mm. Um, and you know, so it involves lugging records sort of out out of this archaic sort of cellar storage thing, um, which is quite entertaining. Um, and then also, you know, the online the the thing that the record shop never had um, pre mm. pre um, uh, day Rona. Taking it, um, it, 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 they've gone online and they're selling records, and, and that has really taken off in the in the COVID era because obviously people can't get to the to the shop itself, and mm. that's really that's I think really encouraging. And you know, just on a general basis, you know, Ellie, my younger sister, um, helps out down there. Um, ben, Keith's son, um, you know, works in there, and I think you know, um, David is going to the shop most days. I think actually Ellie, um, you know. Ben, Keith, I think they're all going to the shop most days. So one one shop and one sort of project is providing a bit of structure mm. in these times to quite a lot of people. Um, and you know, it's, it's a it is a it's a labour of love. It's it's you know two families just just doing slogging you know, out. And uh, we all we all muck in, and you know I'm helping out with some of the uh, some of the sort of online um, online stuff from what I can do from from here in balance um but it's it, yeah i mean it's it's interesting you know think about every everything changes mm. but in some ways you know things stay the same because you know we're we're still just plodding on with the record shop as, yeah. as we as we always have those constants i mean that's that's kind of what you what you keep a good old chokehold on which is that i mean you and i are simple souls right all we want to do is be at the pub it's just like even uh, to be honest, I'm I'm now I'm now at a stage where I just I just want to be with my friends. Like I just there are a certain few. There's a there's a handful. If I had a big old hand, I know exactly who they are, and I 
I just need that. I need that conversation to stimulate. I need something that's different. And when you, when, you know, David's got his, David's got the shop as to the rest of the people who are involved in it, it gives them that purpose to, to sort of, as we were saying, to be, and there's that's that's a, quite a luxury i guess because a lot of people have had that kind of ripped away and i think to your point this has made me realize and probably a hell of a lot of other people that they are they had things that they didn't realize were important to them that if they miss more acutely than the rest that is that that might be something i should look into you know like and a lot of people have you know turned to exercise and this that and the other um which is great obviously great but it's just a question of, you know, what makes you happy. And I shan't be running ultra marathons when this is lifted. That's as much as I love my exercise, that might not be what I do with my time. But to know what those things are that are important to you is a is a good lesson, a good lesson well well learned is all I've got to say. And so the kind of the thing that I would like to sort of unfortunately look like we're getting to a close to although I mean we can probably waffle on forever if people at the end of the line want to carry on but we'll see um is that I know a lot of people um have these big corona challenges and blah 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 and I've asked a few people and they like blow me away with what they're doing um your corona challenge I presume is just to kind of to be to, to get out to do it to make it out and then at the other side just think oh, I learned how to cut bull testicles but if you if you had to you know if you had to do it all over again, is there anything that you would take into quarantine with you? I'm thinking like something I don't, I don't know what it is, but is there something you take into quarantine with you that would make the period itself more enjoyable? Yeah, yeah, more champagne, definitely. <laughs> um, Laurent, uh, I miss I miss my Laurent Barrier. <laughs> I would um, I the things I would change about um, quarantine are so um, sort of fundamental that they're almost they're not worth you know they're not worth thinking about really mm. so you know one of one of the things um, you know is that I'm I'm sort of a bit I'm getting a bit tired of South London at this point and, and London in general I'm you know, I'm longing for the countryside a little bit and longing for just some proper peace and quiet and, you know, green space that isn't sort of, you know, punctuated by police sirens and, the, mm. you know, the noise of, of, of cars. Um, you know, one, one of the things, obviously, you know, that, that I would bring into lockdown is my, my family um, because I miss, them, I miss them terribly. Mm. Um, but in terms of material things, I mean, gosh... I think it's it's less sort of what you what I would you know what what in an ideal world you you take into lockdown and actually you know going back to our conversation about being you know what what do you want to come out of it at the end and, mm. and I think I just return to that point if you if I come out of it at the end with sort of you know a, a pretty healthy set of hangovers some some books that I've leafed through uh, occasionally. Um, you know, and everyone's still alive and well and healthy and happy, then, um, Christ, you can't ask for much more than that, can you? Preach. Per. Reach. Okay. Far more, far more basic question, um, which, because I literally can't even trump that, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let you just have that moment because I completely agree. Um, it was, 
beautifully like beautifully articulated and i agree um going on to more exciting things about the pub and when we get back to go to the pub if you were in a movie and um you know we're thinking full kind of bollywood style music behind you colors parrots like all this sort of really outrageously gregarious stuff and you had to pick one song one song as your quarantine walkout song that plays behind you as you strut i'm thinking strut to the pub what is the song of choice well i, I yes i mean this is a this is an interesting question mm. um and I, i've given it some thought and i think that it's got to be uh, lost in music by sister sledge oh. and, and the, the reason being uh, because many many members of my family many of my friends Many pubs in London and you know, and in Exeter and in Brighton have had to witness the indignity of me and my dad dancing, going, getting slightly overexcited to the to the tunes of Sister Sledge and, and Lost in Music. And so Caught I in think, the track, I feel so alive. I'm loving know, music. Well, that's, oh. that's what I would I would like you know the image of the end of lockdown. So, you know, all of my friends and family see me walking down the street, doing my dad right. dancing and thinking, oh, my God, they've let him out again. So, basically, you just want an absolutely giant group TikTok to be like, Latin music, and then you can fully <laughs> embrace that 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 utter gaiety of leaving this rather frustrating situation and go to do the one thing that we want, which is just a cold one. Just one, uh, one just thing. A, just a cold one with the chats, really. <laughs> Chapettes. I'm gonna be yeah, there. Yeah, sorry. come on. Like you're an chap I know, I know. I know. <laughs> we all know. We all know exactly where I stand. <laughs> um, okay, so I have nothing else to say apart from the fact that that was just lovely. And I've got a lot more to say. I've got to give my my lecture on on Bulls Testament. Okay, goodbye. Um, <laughs> the second hour of the Joe, it was an absolute absolute pleasure to whiffle waffle waffle on with you about things and now send it to the world this is what we do all the time but now just other people know how ridiculously uppity we are about the things that we talk about with each other and we think we have something interesting to say um i can't wait to see you it has been a delight and i hope you've enjoyed being on quarantine thank you actually i mean i'd be amazed if anyone is interested in my just sort of completely mundane It's been a pleasure. Bye, everybody. What a chat. I'm reeling. <laughs> Welcome to the outros, um, where I say absolutely nothing of use, and I'm going to pretend like this is what I'm meant to do because I've heard it on another podcast before. That gave me stuff to think about nothing too big nothing too challenging just how to be you know talking about mental health bull testicles record shops and just a natural normal flowy conversation with someone I care deeply about and I thank Joe for tickling my intellectual lines of thought that I sometimes maybe they get a bit cobwebby um 
and I really can't wait to throw a Guinness. I might even throw it all over him by the time I see him again. Um, have an awesome bank holiday weekend, everybody. You've earned it. You really have.